Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are delighted to be joined by LA-based artist Magic Whatever. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Um, how are you and whereabouts are you joining us from this morning? Yeah, it's great to be here. I mean, thanks for thanks for uh, having me join you for this conversation. Um, I'm in Los Angeles at the moment. Uh, it's obviously very sunny, too sunny to go outside. So I'm going to stay inside today. <laughs> nice. Well, we, we have opposite problems over here on this side of the pond, but uh, st- st- Grass still, is greener. Yeah. Yeah, still, uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of uh, confined to the indoors at the moment, but uh, it's all good. Um, so uh, what have you been up to recently? What's been keeping you busy? Yeah, a lot of a lot of writing. I mean, I'm at this stage in my career where it's uh, everyone's asking for music, and I gotta stay busy and and just keep putting it out. So lately, I've been I just got off tour, um, just played a, a U.S. tour with a band called Dreamers in the Score. Um, so I've been home for about a week now, and it's right back to writing and getting ready for the next releases. Fantastic! And how was the tour? It was great. I mean, it was it was it was a funny scenario where a band had dropped off the tour, and I found out about it probably twenty four hours before joining it. So it was like a, do you want to do this tour? Yes. Okay. Book your flight right now. You're leaving in the morning. And so it started off a little chaotic, but once we sunk into a groove, it was it was great. I mean, it's my favorite thing in the world to do. So cool. Oh well, it sounds uh, sounds like an exciting, <laughs> an exciting tour at the very least. Yeah, um, cool. And I know that recently you've been working with um, you've been working with Social House on a on a right. new single called Sentimental. Um, what can you tell us about that? How did uh, how did that connection between you and them come about? And and you know how how did that track come together? Yeah, I mean that that's a probably of all the songs I've written, that one kind of had the longest journey, I guess. Um, I started, that was a song that I started lyrically probably three, four years ago um, in the back of of an Uber on the way home after a long night. And it was, it was one of those songs that every session I had, like that melody and those lyrics would pop into my head and it just never really fit. And then one day uh, working with my producer, Lucky West, um, it just kind of clicked. And, and after that, I, I, I know social house, they're fucking awesome guys. They're insanely good songwriters. So I was kind of waiting until I had that song that I felt was special before connecting with them on it. Um, and luckily I just texted them the song and they were just gung ho at jumping on it. So a week later I got to hear their verses and it was, it just took the whole song to the next level. And I was I shifted gears to let's hurry the hell up and get this out because I want everyone to hear it, you know? Yeah. Amazing. I mean, how it feels like, you know, it, it's not necessarily a new thing, but in, in recent years, it does feel like artists are increasingly not just open to collaboration, but, but yeah. actively want to collaborate perhaps more so than, than in previous generations. Is that something that you've, you know, always been interested in, you know, working with other artists, particularly if they're from, uh, you know, slightly different genres or styles from from you. How, what's your take and approach towards collaborations and and music creation on on that level? Yeah, I think it's it's funny. The listeners right now are much more susceptible to like experimental tracks and and straying away from like the status quo of like I, at the end of the day, like I, I'm in I'm in the alt rock category and I, I can't really 
that's the music I write and, and those are the playlists I get on. So I can't really deviate too much, but having features allows you to kind of branch out into other genres and kind of make your song into more of a creative hodgepodge of ideas. And that's kind of one of my favorite parts about music is just let like hanging out by the seat of your pants and just letting it fly and see what happens. So having someone from a different genre listen to a song with fresh ears and then put their ideas on it just it's it's fun to sit there and wait to hear it you know is i sent it to social house they had a few days to write on it and i'm just in the background just waiting like excited to hear their i don't know whether they're going to do a a hip-hop like rap style verse i don't know whether they're going to go a little hardcore with it like it's it's nice to have that like mystery of another creative brain jump on your song. And I've I'm I've always been like the reason I do music is is just the kind of like the nostalgic feel when I was a kid of just doing it for the fun of it. Mm. And so reaching into other genres is that way to keep it fresh and keep it weird and and reach out to a new fan base of listeners, you know, and it's kind of this there's certain songs that are just mine and I want to be selfish and keep them personal to me. But then there's certain songs where it's like, let's see how wide we can make this, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do is to collaborate with other artists. Yeah. Cool. I mean, what for you makes a, a great collaboration? I mean, do you typically tend to do things in a remote fashion where you're, you know, sending files back and forth between other artists <laughs> or do you still find time and, you know, space to, to actually share a physical environment with someone and, and collaborate with different artists that way? Or is it something that's predominantly done, you know, by file sharing methods? Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's one of those things where there's no, there's no rules on, on how it should be done. And so some of my features in the past, we've locked ourselves in the studio and collaborated every step of the way. And, and sometimes it's, it's, more beneficial to allow someone to just be in their own creative space and send them the song and let them have like their own peace of mind and not allow too many outside voices. Social house was in one of those categories where they, they have their own studio. They're obviously prolific producers, Grammy nominated. So it's like, I I didn't want to, I didn't want to get in the way of that. I was like, you, you're in the driver's seat here, do your thing, you know? Um, But there's no, there's no right way to do it. I would say this time around was very, we called each other on the phone and talked about what the song is about and, and where we want to see the finish line. But then after that, it's like, go crazy fellas, you know? Yeah. Cool. I mean, I was, I was hoping to, to briefly touch as well on your sort of, you know, going way back to your formative years and and looking at Mm -hmm. when it was that you, you know, first started developing a, not just a passion for music, but, you know, started creating and writing your own music. You know, what, what was your, what was your journey? I guess is the question. When did you, when did you first kind of fall into this world? Yeah. So my, I was raised by my grandmother um, and she was, it was one of those houses where there was always a record on Uh, for her. It was Etta James and Sinatra. Um, but I had an uncle that was always swirling around my life that he would, he was, he grew up in bands with Mike Ness from social distortion and was one of those early uh, punk bands in, in the orange County, California music scene. Um, so I always saw that as 
when he would pull the guitar out around the campfire and I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. So when I was old enough, um, my grandma got me a Green Day CD and that might as well have just like changed my, the course of my life forever as it was international super hits, like their greatest hits album. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, I want to be them. Like I like, this is, this is it. There is nothing else, you know? And so I was from a small rural town in, in the state of Oregon where it's very small farming community. My school had maybe 70 kids and so you can imagine in a farming community trying to find a, a drummer and a guitarist <laughs> and a bassist. It was a little, uh, it was basically like, which one of my friends wants to learn bass? Which one of you want to learn drums? And we all just kind of like got in a garage and made sounds and covered Green Day and covered like Good Charlotte and Simple Plan. And it just felt cool. Like it felt like this is, these are the pants I want to put on in the morning, you know? Yeah. And so ever since then, it's just been kind of chasing that high of, of my, that first collaboration and creation, you know, yeah. and now it's like you, you blink your eye and now I'm 30 years old. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm still doing this. Like I'm still feeling so yeah. fulfilled and, and there's just nothing else, you know. Absolutely. I mean, who, who were some of the other, uh, you mentioned a few bands there, of course, but were there any other sort of real touchstones that helped even if they didn't shape your music directly, but mm. it helped shape the way you approached music or right. your, your kind of, yeah, your, your approach to making music, the attitude that you bring to making music, who were some of the real pivotal acts and influences that have, that have you know, ha- in some ways shaped your career? Yeah. Um, it's funny. Cause I mean, they're like my upbringing with music kind of coincided with when like warp tour was, was, at its peak, you know, and so I got really into hardcore music and and emo and screamo. And I, I had a neighbor. It's funny because I was I grew up in that farming community, but I lived in a much smaller community. The population of the whole entire town was like ten or fifteen people. It was only considered a town because we had a post office there. Um, but I just happened to have this neighbor that was like a little emo gothic kid that was also out there. His name was Ricky. Shout out Ricky. I haven't talked to him in probably. 15 years but he would burn me cds of bands like scary kids scaring kids um even like early early fallout boy uh like black dahlia murderers like it was this hodgepodge of just like metal screamo and emo mm-hmm. and so that kind of opened the door for like the warp tour scene and, and like chiodos and bands like that where it was just like anything with raw energy in it. I didn't care how poorly the songs are written or how crazy the instrumental was. It was like that, that bite to the song was what I was always kind of like my adrenaline was chasing that. And so now that I'm like, have my own project is that's what I try to bring to the table is kind of this like driven punchy energy that like, who cares if you know the lyrics or not, it's, it's a good, to be in a room with all the people that crave that it's, it's just like a high energy thrill ride. And, and it's, I mean, I'm addicted. I feel like I'm like glowing talking about it. So it's like, <laughs> it's fun. It's the reason I do what I do, you yeah. know? Cool. I mean, what was, the, <laughs> excuse me, what was the point, if you like, when, when you realized, okay, this is going to be more than something, you know, as you said, when you were, living in that rural town and it was just, you know, finding a bunch of friends and each trying to learn how to play something and getting yeah. into a room and, and jamming and covering Green Day songs and things like that. What was the point when you thought, actually, no, this is this is something that's going to 
you know take a more serious form than that and i'm i'm going to pursue this as a real calling mm. it's funny i'm i'm very uh i try to keep it very pure and i tell my agent and my team and bands i collaborate all the time i i just they ask me why i'm here and why i'm doing this and I, i'm just happy to be here like i i I don't care about the money. There isn't any. So like, I, I don't care about luxuries and a nice car and all these things. So I just remind myself that as long as I'm still writing a song, I'm still doing it regardless of the outcome. And that's kind of what keeps me writing the next song. And the next song is just the pure thrill of doing it is what I'm, I'm and sure. Maybe like when I'm, <laughs> when I'm like, trying to retire and, and nothing happened in my life and, and I just did music the whole time and I don't have any financial backing. It's, it's more important to me that I created something tangible and put it out into the world. Yeah. And so I kind of put my own like, like life goals or not life goals, but I kind of put the status quo life goals on the back burner in order to just write songs. I don't care what happens to them. I don't care if I headline Reading and Leeds or if I'm, you know, playing an acoustic set at the bar. It's like, I'm just happy to be here and I'm doing it. And like I said, I've been chasing that high since I was a kid of just like writing a song and then somebody hearing it, you know? Yeah. So I try to keep it very pure and on like a boilerplate level. So I don't, so my head doesn't get too caught up and distracted by like, you know, life. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really interesting to hear that. And obviously that's a, a fantastic way to approach making music. Um, but you do, you do kind of, you know, again, this is not a new, a new thing. It's been like it for, for several years now, but it's, you say, you know, there's no music, no money in it anymore, which is, you know, pretty much true unless you're a, a mega, mega A-list. Yeah. There's a 1%. It's kind yeah. of, you know, you know, making making a career if you like out of music seems so so much more challenging now perhaps than it than it was in in years gone by do you ever have an eye on any of the even if they're not necessarily financially driven aspects things like yeah. uh you know extending reach on streaming platforms uh you know increasing and growing social media presence all that kind of stuff do you have to have an eye still on all those other aspects or are you able to to filter that stuff out and just say this is purely about the music i'm i'm focusing on that all of that other stuff is just noise or do you is it an essential thing to still be focusing on all those extra curricular parts of what it is to be a musician this you know in this day and age yeah it's kind of that mentality of like if you build it they will come where it's it's a lot of I'm this all translates to numbers, but like my goal is to be in a room with my people Yeah. and bigger the room, the more people, the better. So like, that's kind of the way I think of it. And, and social media is is a tool to kind of help make that happen. But I wouldn't call myself like a, um, I'm not the most active person on social media. You know, I try to like, maybe it's shooting myself in the foot, but I try to let like the music do the hard work. And I just kind of hold on to that that compass where it's the the more people the song reaches, the more people will be in a room, and that's that's our little universe for the night, you know. And and so that's what I'm chasing, and all the numbers and all that stuff coincide with it. But I try to keep my sights on the room full of my like-minded people, yeah. Um, and then I, you know 
it's hard to avoid social media and, and like it's it's your billboard to announce your music and stuff and, and it's it's your hub to communicate with your fans and whatnot but I try to think of it that way instead of this like numbers game where like I have to wake up in the morning and post and reach yeah. to an audience and all these things because it kind of clouds my if I have to wake up in the morning and go like a bunch of pictures on Instagram so that they hopefully will follow me back. Then once I go to my session later that day to write a song, I'm like kind of burnt. Like I don't, it's, it's kind of like once you see how the sausage is made, you don't want it anymore. <laughs> yeah. No. So I try to keep my eyes just set on like finding my people with the song. Yeah. No, it sounds like a, it sounds like a, you know, a, a really good way of, of, of of doing things i think on that front because you can get so consumed by all of that right all of that extra stuff and it kind of just detracts i think a little bit from from what you're really there to do um right exactly but uh yeah i I was wondering if you could talk talk a little bit about your your creative and writing process do you have a a particular way that you like to to make music do you have a a room or a place that you go to a little setup that that is you know where where you go to make music or is it something that happens a little bit more on the fly, you know, t- tell us a little bit about how you, how you work in the studio. Yeah. It's funny. Like I always, I always kind of dream about like locking myself in a secluded cabin somewhere and like writing songs, but it just like, doesn't really happen like that. It's, it's a lot of uh, my, my notes app on my phone is like a hundred times a day. I'll just, I'll hear a conversation passing or I'll see a billboard or, or I'll just like a, a nugget of, of a phrase will pop into my mind and I write all these words down um and phrases and once i'm in the studio with a producer there's always that question of of before you write the songs like what do you want the song to be about Mm -hmm. and i'm not one of those people that come in with like a grand scheme of like a trajectory of what i want lyrics to be about and and all these things i'm more just like either pick up a guitar or do a a root chord on, on a piano and then whatever word just vomits out of my mouth it's like oh, there's something subconscious there that needs to be put out on paper. So let's just chase this random, you know, thought until the end of time. And if it's a, if it's a cool song, it's a cool song. If not, I'll write a better one tomorrow, you know, but it it all comes from like this trying to be a sponge out in the world and just kind of taking all the information and then whatever just vomits out as soon as a a note plays, that's what the song is going to be about, you know? And then it's funny because I always, I write the song and then people ask me what the song's about. And then I got to like sit there and listen to it. I'm like, what did I write about there? You know, and I, and I kind of like dissect my own lyrics and whatnot. And then I come up with what it's about, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm always fascinated by, uh, you know, different people, you know, as someone who's a big fan of, you know, kind of, I, you know, I always really enjoy paying attention to lyrics and music, but I, I have real conflicted feelings about it because I love the great, you know, I love people like Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen and Nick Cave yeah. and those kind of great storytelling lyricists. And then I equally yeah. love lyrics like, you know, Kurt Cobain lyrics, Frank Black lyrics, these kind of things that you take them away from the music. And they, a lot of right. the time there's not, there's not a huge amount there. It's kind of all a little bit crazy and a bit abstract. There's, there's, no, there's no real storytelling or anything like that going on. But I think they can be equally as moving and effective depending yeah. on how they're used and how they're sung and, and the voice that accompanies them. Do you know what I mean? I, I find it quite exactly. It's funny that you, you, I'm glad you lyrics. said that because a lot of my lyrics, for instance, they're like, they kind of 
some of them might not be about a specific thing, but it's a way to like visualize an emotion. You know, like say you're taught, you're singing about like a car crash. It's like just that, that raw, like all the, the tangible things you feel when someone had gotten in a car crash or something. It's like, that's, that's a, a, an emotion, this thing that's swirling around. And like, I like to describe a a scenario where you may feel that emotion, but it doesn't necessarily mean that emotion, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Things don't have to necessarily be as literal and kind of Mm -hmm. on the nose, you know? Right. Um, No, that's really interesting. Um, So what's next? for you um do you have more coming up in the way of tour dates and live shows or is it going to be predominantly you know writing and recording what 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 do the coming months the the remainder of 2022 look like for you yeah i got some shows i'm announcing soon uh they're going to be international shows so i'm really excited about that um can't give out too much about it but hopefully late november early december i'm doing a string of shows um internationally uh other than that, I, everyone's asking me to release an EP or an album. So I've been working on that for sure. I, I'm definitely an artist that like, I want to get, get out there. I want to, I want to get in the bus, van, whatever, and go from city to city. I want to meet everybody. I want to play in every city. So as much as I can do that, I'm going to, I, I'm not someone who just kind of sits in studios all day writing. Like I want to go like have a real connection. So I like my agents. Great. I I bug him every single day to get me on the road. So hopefully we can get on the road one or two, two more times before the end of the year, along with some song releases. And then early next year, I should be releasing an EP, maybe an album, but you know, that's all up in the air at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Well, it's been really interesting talking to you. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time out of your morning to, uh, to come on and have a chat with us. Um, of course, I appreciate you. And uh, we, you know, really look forward to uh, to hearing some new music and and see what comes next over the uh, over the coming weeks and months. Yeah, much love, man. I appreciate you having me on. No, oh, you you know, our pleasure. Thank you very much. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.